0: Nanny,
1: please tie my shoes, Nanny.
0: Listening to CITR Radio FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and it's time right now for the War the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 1981. Sound Ceremony from the Precious as England LP. The tune Nanny. Now Sound Ceremony were based. In England, however, Ron, the genius behind Sound Ceremony, who hopefully will be on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show in upcoming shows, is from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So I'm saying it right now. Sound Ceremony from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with Nanny from Precious as England, 1981. Today on the Nardwara Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with, from Los Angeles, California, Andy Milonakis. And to prepare you for Andy Milonakis, have a bunch of tunes. Gonna play something from the Posh Boy record label,
2: Out of California, Youth Gone Mad, with Life. No stop from fight Some young ice pick And
3: some old rustling high Man, I want to go That they can innocent life Both them paint the And them labor high Man, I want to go That they can innocent life Set till I see the do all of them start to fight Say Emmanuel, on the well for them all a fight Say Marcus Garvey, you have And offer them a fight Woman, all I shine And man, no stop by I the darkness and culture the life I the mama call and the you to with the people and that is a very man up on the door if you ignore your wife oh this is most the thing the people upon the door and that is a very man up the door make sure your eyes clean and make sure your heart pure still you you safe and secure So just think, see this and show. The you the show. Come on the other panties, come back on the the other come back on come back the come back come back on the come the come come back come come back come and will all come up and tour. Muga man up and I'll plan in march and tour. to Kingston and all two more. But me know the will of them would for sure. And the DJ them man people no more. Cashing and fighting and the unite no more. All I can the teachers, them people come like a sword. It seems like the people they love got no more. It's honest, and it's not the sickness them my
0: Who are you?
4: I'm Andrew Michael Milanakis from Greece. Andy Milanakis,
0: welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
4: Thank you. I've been to Toronto. I've been to Montreal. And now it's time for Vancouver.
0: Andy, I was curious. Growing up, Slick Rick, Dougie Fresh, you had a hoodie in grade one. A hoodie <laughs> in grade one? Here it comes. Here it comes. Grade one. In
4: America, we call it first grade. There was a place called the Denim Mine where you can go and you pick out any of their shirts or sweatshirts and you tell them what type of letters you want and what you want it to say and then they put all the letters down and they press it down on a big, like, hot iron and it, and it presses into the sweater. And, uh... I was a big fan of Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh, so uh, in black and white, so it looked like shadow lettering, I had the words Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh on a hoodie, um that was about this big when i was a little baby first grader
0: i love that grade one first
4: grade one, yeah man i've been uh, people are like you know a lot of like white boys now I, all, everybody likes hip-hop now but back then it was kind of like uh more of a unique thing and kind of more of a street thing it was not like everybody in the world listens to hip-hop it was kind of like oh cool this is like uh kind of like a clicky like street thing not that i was like a street guy obviously but uh i was kind of living in that in that area and I kind of adopted some really good music at
0: an early age because of it. Well, speaking of street, street people were knocking on your door when you were younger to sell you records? That's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, um, they were crackheads and they used to knock on my door. My mother used to get mad because sometimes it was like a school night and they would knock on the door at like three in the morning um, and they'd have like a whole crate of vinyl and like, you know, like, I don't know, I, I guess I heard something and I like popped my head out at three in the morning. My, my mother's like, go back to bed. And he's like, yeah, it's just five dollars. And I was like... Like, Come on mom, I need these. I need these because I had a record player, but I didn't have turntables. I just had one record player. So, um I I bought the $5 bo- uh box of vinyl from the crackhead. And then what I would do is the record player had one cassette underneath it. So I would play vinyl And hit record on the cassette and I would just scratch but you can't really scratch with just one record player because it just like messes the song up. But I was just like you know probably in like third grade just like scratching with one vinyl while it was playing and recording it on cassette. Cutting edge baby. Well,
0: maybe DMX heard you like Mount Kisco. That's the area, right? Represent? Mount Kisco. You know, yeah,
4: and that's that's actually where all this happened and uh DMX is from Yonkers but he moved to Mount Kisco. And um I actually met him at the Jimmy Kimmel green room and I was like, "Yo, Mount Kisco?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah. I'm rep- I'm in, I'm in Kisco now." And <clears throat> you know, a lot of people think Westchester County is like um a rich area and it is, but you never, you can't underestimate those types of places because there's little pockets of ghetto-ness. There's little pockets of, you know, little like, uh, there's a Maple Avenue just filled with like crackheads. Uh, where I lived was called Pinecrest. Ninety percent of the people were walking around like I would. I would just kick a Pepsi can over. And there would just be crack files like falling out of it, so you know I wasn't like w- running around like getting shot out or shot at or anything. But you know there was some there was some street shit happening there.
0: He hangs out at the Applebee's. I heard. Where does Dmx hang out in Mount Kisco? I heard he hangs out at the Applebee's with Bruce Jenner.
4: Bruce Jenner. Um, I, I know a lot of people um, that kind of like started hanging out with him he started hanging out with like a really young crowd of kids like impressionable like high schoolers and stuff and he would just kind of like that would be his click but uh i know the
0: applebee's in kisco very well bruce jenner though is from mount kisco right
4: i think he is and weirdly enough i know uh his son brody jenner and i don't think we've ever spoken about mount kisco we you know we just talk about tag teaming girls and you worked at caldor (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <Kaldor. laughs> Um it's, it's short for Calvin and Doris because the two names put together. It's called Kaldor. And, you know, they actually let me in charge of their... Um, um, I was like the head cashier for a while and they actually gave me the keys to this big retail store that's like a Target and I'd open up the store and I'd have access to the safe and I'd open up 16 registers with all the cash and I'd tell people when to go on break and um, that was a pretty cool amount of responsibility for being in high school. <laughs> How's Pedro? <laughs> Pedro. <laughs> oh, man. You n- never disappoint, Nardwar. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I, I really respect you because not uh, not only um, did I expect you to come up with some cool stuff, like, you definitely surpassed it. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to mention Big L, but you brought out Pedro, and I, I got to give you props for that. Uh, he lived next to me in Amuso Drive, and it was pedro and edwin uh they're ecuadorian and their mother used to come up to my mother when she needed help with something and she would say kathy can i help you kathy can i help you and that meant can you help me but that's how she said it kathy can i help you um and you know we were buddies and uh you know i haven't seen them in a really long time i think they moved to like courtland or
0: something you ever go to Walter's Hot Dogs in Portchester? What do you know about Portchester? Pat's hubba, hubba, Portchester. Portchester.
4: Portchester, when we go out in Connecticut, we, um, after Connecticut, after like our like Connecticut nightlife, I think it closes earlier, then we like dip to Portchester to go out to like clubs and to like party and stuff.
0: Have you ever been skinny dipping at the MK Memorial Pool?
4: Mount Kisco, I've never been skinny dipping at the memorial pool, but I did live for that pool when summer came around and I got to like go to the pool every day and like, you know, you take your deep water test so you could go off the like high dive and stuff. Um, you know, the the inner nostalgic heart of mine is just like swooning at the thought of summer times at the pool um, before I was too insecure. Um,
0: to show this fatness off in a pool. Where have you showed your fatness off? Where have you skinny dipped Andy Milonakis? I, I, I haven't ever skinny dipped,
4: man. But, you know, I'm too I'm too insecure for that. But I, I've shown my fatness uh, on Vine and on Instagram. Sometimes I take out my belly and I just give the ladies
0: a preview of what's to come. Have you been to Stepping Stones at all, where the AA Founders House is? Where's Stepping Stone? In Mount Kisco. Mm, no. The founder of AA. founder
4: of AA, no. I should go there and just drink a bottle of whiskey on the porch there. Andy Milonakis, your sister, is she into face painting? She is into face painting. <laughs> this guy's is good. Um, yeah, she's, you know, she's she's like an art You know, she's an artist. She likes to face paint. She likes to write poetry. She likes to paint. Uh, canvases. One Christmas I bought her like an oil painting set um, and uh, you know I got her a job at the place I used to work at when I was a network administrator um, and she left and she, she just like needs to find something creative to do because she hates that corporate world
0: as much as I do. And she had a dog called Rasta? Rest in Peace?
4: Rest in Peace, yeah. he Yeah, he's actually my dog but I'm a bad owner and um he uh When I was like traveling a lot My family would watch him And now he's Rasta in peace
0: Thank you House of Nubian <laughs>
4: House of Nubian dude Okay House of Nubian This is when I got into my This is when I got into this This is when I got into Ho Everybody say ho A Puerto Rico ho A white people No That's my version Um house of nubian when i worked at caldor and i worked at kinko's and i worked at uh um blockbuster video and all my like dead-end jobs i've had a lot of jobs i pumped gas i was a bus boy Uh, i know the value of a dollar all right people and then uh so when i was in high school uh i got my check i had a day off i would go to the city to 8th street and 6th avenue right by the grace papaya right by fat beats r.i.p fat beats um, and right down that street on 8th <clears throat> was a store called House of Nubian. And, uh, you want to smell me? <laughs> Egyptian musk. House of Nubian put me onto that. I still wear that shit. And you know what? I just gave you my secret because this is the best scent on earth. Uh, and they have the licorice root, the, like, sticks that you could just, like, chew on. And also the best damn reggae mix CDs ever and that's I was into reggae before I started going to House of Nubian but House of Nubian like when you were in Westchester County you couldn't find like DJ mixes like if you wanted to get real DJ mixes there was no internet for that you had to go to the city to these little places a lot of them were on the street too but like if you wanted to get the real mixes that were not all like bootlegged and like choppy you go to house of New and, and I just like buy like six reggae mixes, uh, and I just listen to Dancehall reggae and I'm like, "How am I white? I can't believe I'm white. I can't believe I'm white.
0: To welcome you to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I have some reggae Seven inches, some Capleton for you and some Ooh, Anthony B What how you eat? What how you drink? What how you sleep? Bo
4: Bo. What can you tell the people about Capleton and Anthony B? Capleton, yeah uh, Give Our Good Body <clears throat> Capleton's most famous song is Tor Let make a go far and Pon Tour. Teaching, teaching the people for sure And Anthony B is uh, He's a conscious reggae artist um, You know, he has that more like roots vibe He doesn't do like fast dance hall um, But these are These two right here are I would say let's see let's let's be honest. These two are in my top ten. These two are in my top ten favorite reggae artists.
0: They have reggae forty fives, but what's interesting in Jamaica they also have the rhythm records. And I have another gift for you: Ooh. the Mission Impossible rhythm records.
4: Sick, dude, dude. You know, I used to I used to DJ reggae parties in the Bronx, like uh, with my friend. Uh This is Jamaican cat I used to work at Kinko's with And like you know we obviously You know I knew he was Jamaican We obviously started talking about reggae Um so He took my knowledge of dancehall reggae And he kind of like Showed me the more of the deep cuts He showed me more of the conscious reggae He showed me more of like This is it's not all about like chatting fast And like doing dancehall This is like the real stuff that people mess with hard Um
0: <clears throat> I think that's the two-year-old rhythm that's on there. The cover is very major laser-ish, isn't it?
4: It is major laser la- laserish, laser-ish. Um, but when I was when I was starting to DJ and I bought my Technique uh, 1200s and stuff, I would go buy 45s, and the rhythm would have 20 different artists on it. So, like, I would go there and spend, like, $150 on one rhythm with, like, 20 artists on it, and then I'd have to do the same thing. I just, I was going to Rock and Soul. I was going to Fat Beats for for the hip-hop, and then um, I think Rock and Soul had a lot of reggae. And then, oh, Moody's Records in the Bronx, Jamaican-owned reggae vinyl, and I would just rock there, and I would just buy, like... Stacks of forty fives with all the like different artists and all the different rhythms, and um, man, I love I love reggae more than anything. Like reggae is my true
0: true love. The Black Scorpio record. Check this one out, Black Scorpio rhythm record. And on it, on the back, look. If we turn it over, who do we see there? But General Trees, and check out his tune right there. Oh, bent cock up. That's a family song, right? Ben cock up.
4: It's just like uh, it's just like a Christmas song. Ben cock up. Ben cock up around the Christmas tree. Ben cock up around the Christmas tree. Ben cock up. Ben cock up.
0: Bull, bo. But specifically, that's the duck rhythm. That's the duck rhythm because I'm showing you some rhythm records.
4: Yo, you know what? The the dopest part about this is, I'm gonna play all this stuff, at this hotel, called the Redberry in Hollywood. You know why? Because I love staying there. Because they have big, big, like, um, really big rooms with kitchens and stuff. And I have parties there sometimes. And they have a record player there. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to be thinking about you, Nardwar. And I'm going to play these records. And I'm going to drink some bourbon. And I'm going to be like, Nardwar, he's my friend. We're going to be good friends forever. Cuddy Ranks, hot this year. What am I going to do if you hold me? You hear me? You said, wicked this year, not even what I can call me. Miss me, Miss me, Miss me, Miss me, wicked, wicked.
0: (laughs) I wanted to ask you about an important artist that is out there right now rocking, Miss Sista.
4: Sister Nancy, she's not just rocking, she's rocking in the free world. Bam, bam, ba-boom. Bam,
0: bam. What a bam 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 bida bam bam. What can you tell people, Sister Nancy? Because too short. Sampled this. Uh,
4: I, I think a lot of people sampled this. Um, also, shout out to the movie Belly. bom Bam was in Belly, and um, she's like one of the best female reggae artists of all time. And uh, you know what song is really good too? You should listen to is One Two. It's on her. It's on her. Um, you know, most popular album. One, two, Sister Nate come through. Um, she's, um, I don't know, for for female reggae artist, she might be number one, actually. And I really, really love her voice and her whole vibe and everything. She's awesome. Have you ever had a weird guest like me? Have you ever had a weird guest like me? Have you ever had a weird guest like me? And you'll be learning Ben Cock Up, Ben Cock Up around the Christmas tree. Ben Cock Up around the Christmas tree. Can you sing it with me, And... Ben Cock Up around the Christmas tree, And... Ben Cock Up around the Christmas tree, And... Yeah, D,
0: D, Millanakis. That's my name, Andy Millanakis. Here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah, yes. You beat Star Wars, kid. In what? January 26, 2003 was? The year. That you sung? The Super Bowl is gay. And Star Wars Kid didn't kick around till April the 14th, 2003. He was sleeping. He was busy hibernating getting up his lightsaber skills ready to show the world But that's pretty incredible like you beat star wars kid and to top that off i was thinking who are your internet contemporaries like basically the keyboard cat who were your internet contemporaries you were ahead of everybody
4: dude thank you and you know um i'm just starting to get back into that youtube game i'm ready to take over again but I, i i'm thankful that i was uh nerdy and possessed enough uh computer skills to create videos before YouTube because it wasn't easy back then. You had to like encode them to a PC or to a Mac and then a zip file for people who couldn't stream it. Um, and And you got punished too. Didn't you get charged like 3000 bucks for going over bandwidth? I did. I did. My video was going like all, I had a hundred videos. They all got like a hundred views. And And
0: you would like that if that happened now on YouTube, if people got punished for too many views, wouldn't you like
4: that? (laughs) Yeah. Punish me. Um, but yeah, I owed my server company $3,000 because we went over over in bandwidth, but uh, that's some heavy old school shit
0: right there. What networks did you used to restore? Because you said you restored networks and stuff.
4: Well, I was a network administrator, so I more administered them than restored them, but the biggest job I've had was at an accounting firm called Ruben and Katz, um, and I was a network admin there, but... It was a small company, so I wasn't just a network admin. I kind of fixed computers. I built computers. I did security, and uh, I, um, you know, it was like Windows NT, just like fixing viruses on the server. I was just kind of their main IT guy because it was a small company. But um, So no specific companies like Disney? No, I did work for General Electric, though. I worked in like uh, um, digital security and uh, like passwords and all that, so I, I, I worked... Actually, you know what? That's a lie. Prudential Real Estate, I did security, and then um, um, uh, General Electric, I did desktop support. So I worked with
0: some big companies. You also there's like a photo-based comic strip? What was that?
4: Angry Naked Pat. Shout out to Brian Lynch. He is a writer, um, and he basically... Um, had a website well he still has a website called angry naked pat where he did comics he saw one of my early websites and thought it was funny and he was like yo why don't you do um a section of my website and I was like okay well I had a website called child actor where I just showed the world how many acting faces I could do and I just like you know I typed it like you know super super like a million typos on purpose and stuff and he's like, why don't you do a section on my website? So I was like, why don't I turn those photos into like a three panel photo comic strip? And then one of them that I wrote after I did like 20 or something, one of them I wrote was like me wearing a hoodie, and I wrote like three rap verses. And I had a webcam at the time, and I was like, well, this doesn't make sense as a comic strip. It would probably be funnier if I just rapped it. So that was my first uh, internet video was rapping one of the comic strips, and I got better feedback on that. And I was like, I just turned the whole series into a video series, and that's how I started doing videos
0: so early. Andy Milonakis, you and Matt Drudge were the first two people to go from the internet to TV. That's cool. That's pretty cool.
4: I'm proud of that. Thank you, Jimmy Kimmel. I love you, baby.
0: Quote, a guitarist from Ozzy Osbourne's band wants Mr. Milonakis to sing The Super Bowl is Gay. A guitarist? What, uh, right now? No, this was back then. I was wondering, what happened? Were you contacted by a guitarist from Ozzy Osbourne's band?
4: No, but uh but I met Ozzy Osbourne and uh you know, I was I you know, I wasn't his best friend or anything, but I was hanging out with Jack Osbourne cuz through mutual friends for a while, so I got to go to their house and I was a big fan of their reality show. That was like one of the best reality shows of all time. So it was cool to to go get to see that house and get to meet him and stuff.
0: And you were also part of another damn channel, which was like an early YouTube partnership. Another first
4: yeah my damn channel i kind of messed that one up i was i was not in full work mode um i wasn't in full motivated mode and i kind of was making videos and someone else was shooting them and it it was just not it was kind of a weird fit and um but i definitely take the blame for that i feel like i just i didn't have my full mojo rising, you know so like i was kind of i kind of slept on that and didn't really put out a lot of content on that so i screwed the pooch on that one
0: I love your MTV website. It had great HTML on it. Your MTV website. Could you explain that to people? And how hard was it to convince MTV to do it like that? What do you mean? The way your website, it looked so amazing. The way your website when you're on MTV looked. It looked like just amazing. You mean, oh. The show page for the Andy Malinaka show on MTV looked very homemade oh really uh yeah
4: i don't even remember that honestly i i think i remember it kind of like maybe it was me on a couch with like popcorn over my face um but one of the things that they did was they wanted me to be all mysterious and stuff so they didn't want me to um like when they wanted me on trl they're like we don't want him in studio in trl we want him in his apartment doing like a broadcast we don't want him to do interviews here we want him to be in his like they they kind of want to create this whole mystery around it which kind of pissed me off because it was like so new all this like new success and like all these shows wanted me to go on and like they're like uh yeah you can't you can't get any of that fun stuff that comes with it you have to you have to be tortured and stay in this weird apartment and so everybody kind of doesn't really you know get
0: it Excuse me, though. MTV has a lot of juice, and they got you on the Today Show, and you were talking to Katie Couric about cornholing.
4: MTV did not get me on that. Well, you know what? Okay. MTV kind of got me on that. You know what happened with that? One of the main producers for the Today Show was on a JetBlue flight, and he was flipping through channels, and he saw my show, and by the time he landed, he called called the other producers and was like get me this guy. I want him to be on the Today Show. So they sent me to Cincinnati to play this game, Cornhole. And uh, uh, Kimmel hit me up and was like, yo, you better do something funny on this because it's like such a clean show. So um, I turned to Katie Cork and I said, um, yeah, I had fun in Cincinnati, but I told my mother I was going to go on the Today Show to play a game called Cornhole and she slapped me in the mouth. And then Katie Cork and Matt uh, Lauer kind of was like, they were like, uh okay so next (laughs) um so i got a i got a nice cornhole joke um so you want to thank mtv for
0: that i would like to thank jimmy kimmel quote the deer gave me nice head near the the deer gave
4: me nice head near the ice shed knife shed knife shed uh
0: was that my rhyme Indeed. And another one. Quote, just because we're gross doesn't mean we're not smart. Got a dog named Napoleon and he chews my. Bonaparte. You love animals and dicks.
4: (laughs) I do. I love animals, dicks specifically.
0: And in 2008 on Conspiracy Radio, you said you hoped that by 2010 you had, quote, three midgets sucking my. Pinky. Dick, <laughs> pinky, dick. And speaking of pinky dicks, people mention dick to you a lot. "Quote: I don't know, small fry. My features are going for fifty k right now. Step your dick up, Milanakis. Ha ha ha! You're fucking fetch." <laughs> Nicki
4: Minaj wrote that to me, and uh, I was telling my friend Chris about that because our friend, uh, our friend Grizz uh, Grizzly, works with with her. And so I dug up that old tweet that she wrote to me, and I retweeted it recently. Um, but I like that Nicki Minaj called me fetch. That's pretty cool that she used a Mean Girls quote, and she complimented me at the same time.
0: Annie Milanakis, speaking of dicks and stuff, I wanted to ask you right here about working with Sir Mixalot, who loves dicks driving. Oh, baby, got back. Um, Sir Mixalot,
4: that was a weird collabo. That was a really old collabo. I went to Seattle and some random company paid me to go there to do this collab and I got there and I didn't even know I was supposed to shoot it too I had like a little DV camera they told me to set it up and like I was like freestyle rapping with him and he was like doing some like old written verse and then we did some weird like sketch comedy thing I think there was a dildo involved Um, And it was like back when the Internet was so young, it was kind of like, what is going on? But he was a nice dude. Um, I have nothing bad to say about him, but it was
0: it was a little strange. Quote, got some cheesy drizzle dripping on my cheesy nipples. Chisel. On my chisel. Yeah, let's pocket like it's hot oh
4: yeah me and snoop dogg did a hot pockets commercial and uh, i was like can i do a hot pockets commercial i'm like oh i'm rapping with snoop dogg on it okay that gives me the pass
0: andy milanakis what was it like kissing Snooky in a jewelry commercial no comment you also did a rap song for a nail company and a condom company uh, I did not do a
4: rap song for a condom company. Uh, when I was shooting with Snoop, uh, this condom company was there and they're like, yo, can we get you to do this? And like, you know, sometimes I'm gonna push over and I'm like, uh, okay. But I didn't, I didn't do like a rap video for them. They just did like a little interview with me and they kind of just stole a brand deal out of it, which is
0: cool. Whatever. I mean, Terminator condoms.
4: Yeah. I, I'm not saying your name. You gotta pay me like 20 G's.
0: Andy, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Do you know what the California roll was actually invented here? Then uh, you guys lose
4: one point for that. <laughs> you don't like the rolls, do you? No, I like. I'm. Um, I'm. Um, all right. the The answer to my food snobbery can be boiled down to this because my mother always calls me a food snob, and I'm like, I like like three hundred dollar omakase sushi meals with like real nigiri and sashimi, but also. One of my favorite foods is, like, a dollar taco from, like, the best taco truck in L.A. So, I like the lows and the highs. Packets of ramen noodles, $300 sushi. Dollar tacos, Michelin star restaurants. I'm down with both, baby. I just don't like that middle ground, that new American middle ground, that bland middle ground, that salad. Ooh, do you want a chef salad? No. No, I don't. Me and Nardwar are going to get an omakase meal in Tokyo tonight, all right? So I don't want your stupid, bland, American, new American food. If
0: people go to Yelp, they can see our reviews. I I, I don't have many. And people can judge them, too, by useful, funny, or cool. How
4: how many do, do you know my ratings? Most people find you... Useful? Useful! Nice! Sick.
0: Yeah. What are some of the good places? Sushi Jen, you love. And what about Ricky's Tacos?
4: Ricky's Tacos is really good, but Leo's Taco Truck uh, has the best Al Pastor tacos in L.A. So-
0: some secret items there, too, you can
4: order? Yeah, there is a secret item that they tweeted me and told me. They're like, oh, thanks for liking our tacos. Uh, here's a secret item. Um, and it's just an Al Pastor taco in like, a different taco shell, and it's, like, bigger. But... Uh, Sushi Gen is killing it for LA sushi right now. And New York sushi is killing LA in general for sushi right now.
0: What is goose juice?
4: Goose juice. Ooh, I used to, when I used to do Jimmy Kimmel Live, I kind of got into trouble for this. Before they took away their hard alcohol in the green room, I used to take a big bottle and just mix gray goose with like whatever kind of juice. And I would just get completely wasted before going live on TV. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that probably, probably why ABC wasn't too happy with me. Thank you, The Alchemist. Thank you, The Alchemist, for...
0: Hooking you up with Riff Raff. The Alchemist didn't hook us up with Riff Raff. Yes, I understood he's the guy that hooked you up with Riff Raff. Mm,
4: maybe, okay, so Dirt Nasty brought riffraff to my
0: attention and that's how dirt nasty found out about riffraff so thank you the alchemist shout out to the alchemist that's
4: that's what i'm saying so i i didn't know that until now but it makes sense that the alchemist might have sent it to dirt and then riffraff actually put his phone number out there like mike jones on a video and then me and dirt just called him up one day out of the blue and we met up with him and you know the rest is history quote three loco
0: is dead Three Logo is very dead. Please explain Annie Milanakis.
4: Well, you know, me and Riff had a little beef about it because uh we had a we had a pretty good deal on the table to do another album and we had an independent movie like offer and everything and uh you know, it didn't work out. I don't wanna like rub his name through any mud because we kinda squashed everything and we're cool now. But uh you know, uh t- I used to always watch making the band or, or behind whatever that show was not making the band. What, what was the behind the scenes on on E? Uh, I used to always just watch bands and documentaries about bands and all the drama and all the stuff you have to deal with having different band members. And I was always like not envious of that i was like always like oh man this must be so annoying and then you know then we actually formed a rap group and i i experienced it firsthand that it's like it's difficult working with a bunch of people and being on the same page and working on schedules and managing everybody's egos and just like you know it's like it's just a it's a different thing you know but i i really i'm proud of three loco and i'm really happy we did it you know
0: Call one eight hundred suck a dick for the for the dick that you'll be sucking? The Andy Milanokis action figure. <laughs> What's that from? It was like a YouTube ad for your action
4: figure. Oh one eight hundred suck a dick. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh some some like uh some like toy maker made that and I thought it was really well done. And uh um uh,
0: I loved it though because you basically also have something really interesting a talking keychain do you have a talking keychain really I do
4: Uh, I don't think I've ever had one though but I I know they sold one it was like one of those little keychains that have six buttons and says like a bunch of different phrases
0: and there's an Andy Milanoca's quote book too. what sort of Andy Milanoca's group stuff out there is there
4: uh there's a quote book that uh some company made and it was not an mtv book it was some other company that made it because uh the publisher's daughter was a fan of mine so her i think her mom like made the book or something and uh she you know she put it she was like a real publishing company so she really just put it out i did a book signing in new york city like and it was just like ridiculous quotes from my show just like with pictures
0: andy milanakis in 30 minutes on Twitter, you got a model.
4: In 30 minutes on Twitter, I did get a model for my McConan video. Um, I just tweeted. I was like, I needed a hot girl in this video. I had a concept for it. And I just, I just tweeted. And uh,
0: Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki.
4: Thanks, Nikki. You look really good in that video, even though you're a little weirdo and you text me weird shit. But uh, <laughs> thank you for being in it. You look really hot. Does
0: Dr. Dre's son still love you, Andy?
4: i don't know but that was probably if i had to relive like the last 10 years in hollywood that was definitely my like top three favorite moments when he came up to me like we were at mastro's steakhouse and dr dre just like taps on my shoulder and i turn around and the most like passive nice guy was like hey, hey i don't want to i don't want bother you at dinner andy it's dre it's dre and i'm like really like dre's coming up to me being like oh i don't want to bother you at dinner i'm like uh this is like my dream come true and he's like can you call my son on the phone and uh he can't stop singing your theme song so i called his son up talked to him for a minute i was like fanning out on dre on his son i was like yo your dad's the coolest ever what's up (laughs) and uh yeah that was a cool experience
0: Andy, looking at all your vids there, what's the least amount of work you've done for the most amount of views? Cabinet. And how long was that? And how many views? Uh, you know, I just showed this to Will
4: Keenan. He, I'm working with him on uh, End of Mall Beyond, and he... Um, he showed me a video of something I wanted to parody. And he goes, this video already exists. And I was like, that video only has 37,000 views. You want to see something that has more views? And I showed him a video where I just say, cabinet. It's a two or three second video. And it has like 52,000 views.
0: Because one of yours has like eight seconds of length. But it has like 40,000 views. Like an impression one.
4: Oh, I don't know. But uh, um, this one, uh, Bananas... I think it's about eight or nine seconds and I think it has like 800,000 banana let's see I like YouTubing myself okay nine seconds
0: bananas
4: when I was younger I was never a real big fan of go fuck your mother
0: <laughs> the least amount of work for the most amount of views yeah Malacus, what about some YouTube tips you can't really see what people's hashtags are anymore remember you used to be able to see the hashtags what are the tips for people for the hashtags now you can't even see them
4: it's not about hashtags, it's about the content that you create, you know? You got to create short and sweet stuff. And, you know, hopefully just not boring. Like, make it interesting. Do something... The, the, the tips I give for people is... When you finish making your video and you watch it yourself... It's hard to be objective of your own stuff. But, like, look at it and think... People see this, are they going to say... Oh my god, I have to send this to everybody I know. And if you can't say that yourself then don't put
0: it up. Okay. Interview over right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ba-boom. <laughs> Ba-boom. It's interesting you mentioned about dot moves and stuff like that. Real video. That was the main way to get video on the internet. Remember real video?
4: real Yeah, real player. And um, also WMV files for PCs.
0: Alligator Boots was a jackhole production that Jimmy Kimmel helped put together. It was like a Kanye West thing, Kanye West TV show. Do you know anything about that? Do you have any Kanye West connections? Because you were around it that whole time.
4: I was um, talking to Daniel Kellison about possibly doing a voice for that, but I don't know what happened to that show. But um, um, I I actually met Kanye. My only experience with Kanye... um, I was wearing some shirt that had, like, this guy that looked like Humpty Hump, um, and I was walking up to the stage right before he was about to go on, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel back uh, backlot live stage, and I was walking up when he was about to go on, and, like, two big security guards, like, stood in my way and, like, didn't let me up. He was like, nah, Kanye about to go on. And and then he like pushed the two guys aside. Was like, nah, nah, he's cool. And he let me up and was like, dope shirt, man. Where you get that? Like, that's dope. Blah blah blah. And uh, you know, I told him I was like a fan of his music and stuff. But that's my only experience with Kanye. But he was anyone who says he's a dick. I'm like, uh, I don't know. He was pretty nice to me. But that doesn't that doesn't mean anything.
0: It does because you're good at judging dicks. <laughs> That's War, babies! I was curious, Jimmy Kimmel, residuals. What are those residuals that you were showing on your Instagram? What are those from? Please explain if the people haven't seen that.
4: <laughs> those are from my, uh... I think those are old Andy Malinakis show checks for like 60 cents and 40 cents. I wish these stupid assholes at SAG would just, like, combine, all of, combine all of them. I said stupid assholes, and then I mispronounced the word. Hot soup! Um... Uh, I wish they would just combine them all into a check. When they give you 50 checks worth like 50 cents each, like, it's wasting paper, man. Just, like, combine them all into a check. that once it's worth like 100 bucks or something, then send it out. Like,
0: Jesus. Andy Milanakis, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all?
4: I want to tell you I love you, babies.
0: Why should people care about Andy Milonakis? Why should people care?
4: <laughs> well, they shouldn't care about me if they don't want to, but... Um, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I I take pride in being an original mofo and Nardwar, you should take pride in being an original mofo too, because you are, and I think we're both two original mofos and there's a lot of people trying to do trendy humor and, um, you know, pop culture and that's, that's fine. There's a place and time for everything, but in a sea of, of celebutards and people trying to do the lowest common denominator um uh pop culture garbage. Uh I think it's uh it's cool to have a couple original mofos like ourselves doing original comedy in a unique way and I take pride in
0: that and my boy Nardwar, I love him for that too. Thanks for the kind words, Andy Milanakis. Thank you, baby. And keep on rocking in the free world, and do do doo do do-do, do-do, doo doo. oh uh-oh,
4: roo shoo a boop 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 a-boom-boop-boop-boop-ba-doop, doop boop boop-boop-boop-boop, boop-boop-boop, boop boop doo doo doop doo boop 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 boopity doop doop. A doopity doop. Diddly dooddy. A da da. gak Gakak. Mwa ma 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 ma. Meow meow. Meow mama meow meow. Meow meow. Rally rummy mum mum. Shum shum. Shumma lumma ding dong. Ding ding. Ding 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 ding. A ding ding. Ringy ringy wing wing. A wing wing. Zingy zingy zing zing. A zing zing. Hoogie oogie oogie. Yugi. Cutie, 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 cuties, cuties, mingy, mingy, ming, 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 ring, ring, a ring, 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 ding, dong, ding, dong, ha ha ha, 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 ha,
5: ha, 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 he, 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 he. he, he. oh you oh you a think I one, two, ain't no skipping Google, Nancy, I'm the Steady, just call it up. one tell me Nancy, make a colleague, 2, i a i wanna i You show i a kid, i a four, me I kill you if you sleep, you will slide. on miss say six. I mean, I'm sister, Nancy. and see, I miss seven. What every man want not go, on? will miss eight. Black in the Nancy, Leo, damn straight. I miss a nine. Don't wanna your lyrics, I miss a ten. Gotten your little friends, sister, Nancy come again. Me do not to borrow, i me do not to lend. Cause anything me borrow, me, i get it back tomorrow. And anything me lend me, Again, slung, 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 down delay Miss me walking down the street Two men I meet I'm walking down the street Two men I meet One tall and brown One black and I rave Him ax me when me name my daughter's sister Nancy Him ax me when me leave me tell him uptown city Him me when city see, he tell me say he lives up in a Miami. The first thing he see was a letter to me. The second thing he see, I hope you're feeling angry. The third thing him say, send me requests to me. The first thing he say, I hope you're I tell you, Nancy, i be a be a miss. 4 don't come and only cough my Five. I tell you, if you slip, your will slide. I'm six. I mean, you a I'm a miss. seven. But every man won't do whatever miss, you Nancy I'm straight. a i tell you this, Sister Nancy, come again. Uh. To Nancy, come again. Uh. Me do not to babble and me do not let. Uh. Me do not to babble and me do not let. Me come again, ayah. Eh, uh. Me say go tell your little friend me come again. Until uh. you hear the difference, tell me come again. Uh. But till you you stop your running when well, me come again. Uh. Slang, long long dilly, dilly. but tell your friend, you know. Tell yourself, me tell your friend. That uh. I, sister Nancy, me.
0: you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Sister Nancy with 1-2. And before that, an interview with Andy Milanakis. Right now, going to play something new by Lié. It's from the LP Consent. And we're going to hear the track Success by Lié. Right after that, going to play something that was sent to me by local Vancouver rock and roll band like Lee A.R., Brass, we're going to play something by Brass, thank you Brass for sending it, we're going to play a track by Brass called What's Next, and then we're going to play something on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, and when you say the word worry, like, well it's you, Nardwar, no, it's you too, if you want to send me stuff to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, feel free, nardwar at com, or you can tweet me stuff as well. Got something here from Ryan from all the way England, and it's going to be a track by his band, Strawberry Blondes from Newport, South Wales, and we're going to hear Beat Down Babylon. So right now, here on the Nardwarte Human Serviette Radio Show, brand new from Lie. We're going to hear the tune Success. Then we're going to hear, thank you, Devin. We're going to hear something by Brass. Thank you, Devin. And then thank you, Ryan. Going to hear something from Strawberry Blondes on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. Here's Lié from Vancouver, British Columbia,
2: Canada.
0: And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Strawberry Blondes with Beatdown Babylon from Newport, South Wales, United Kingdom. Thank you, Ryan, for that track. And before that, Brass from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you so much, Devon, for that track with What's Next. And to begin, we played Lie with Success. From the band camp, the band camp of Lié that you can check out. Lié Band Camp. Right now, to end the Nardwara Human Serviette radio show, going to play something off the Sasquatch compilation from 1991 on Curb Dog Records. Some interesting little tidbits on this particular record here. Mastered at K-Disc by John Golden. John Golden is still around, still doing stuff, still doing the mastering. But below that says, pressed at Alberti by Frank. Frank is no longer... Doing in the press and at Alberti, Alberti record manufacturing plant, is now gone. But Frank was a legendary fellow, so it's cool to see him on the back of this record. The Sasquatch compilation is called Sasquatch, the man, the myth, the compilation, featuring victims, family, schlong, moral crux, cringer, nuisance, and no means no. We're going to play the no means no track here. I don't care and glad all over, recorded in Finland in 1990. Originally by Ramones, I don't care, and the Glad All Over by the Dave Clark Five, and as it says on here, later by the Rosillos and they spelt Rosillos wrong. They spelt Rizzillos, R-I-Z-Z-I-L-L-O-S. I I do stuff, and I say stuff wrong all the time, but I did notice that, so it made me think, we got to play it. So we're going to hear No Means No, I Don't Care, and Glad all over, and then we're going to play as much as we can of this particular record, which I just picked up, Let's Talk Hockey. Toronto Maple Leafs, winners of three consecutive Stanley Cups. And we are going to hear all about hockey via Johnny Bauer, Tim Horton... Andy Bathgate, David Keon, and George Punch Imlak. And basically, this is probably from 1968, since the last time they won the Cup was 1967. So let's talk hockey! The Toronto Maple Leafs, and who better to intro the Toronto Maple Leafs than no means no... Who basically cloned the Ramones, and eventually the cloning of the Ramoning turned into the Hanson brothers, and we're going to hear a bit of Ramon cloning. So here's No Means No with I Don't Care and Glad All Over. And then let's talk hockey. The Toronto Maple Leafs winner of three consecutive Stanley Cups World Champions on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio
2: Show. Well, you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't care.
6: Jeffrey knocked it to the blue line. Lloyd Smith hit Popey. Popey tries to steal the puck. Goes over the line. Doesn't shoot it. Still has it. A pass for Stewart. And contact. kicked it out. Five seconds left. Four. Over the line for Smith. Back to Howell. One second for Jeffrey the game And the Toronto Maple Leafs have just won their third consecutive Stanley Cup. I'm Punch Imlac, and have with me four of the superstars of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we're going to tell you what we think is important in doing our jobs and also try to give you some hints on how to improve yourself. First, I'd like to introduce Johnny Bauer. Johnny had the best goals against record in professional hockey in the 63-64 season. He has won the Vesna Trophy and has been an all-star. He is a phenomenal and fantastic competitor, and he has promised to tell you all his secrets except one, just how old he actually is.
7: Fellas, the goaltender is the last line of defense and a very important position on the team. I would like to tell you a few of the requirements that are necessary if you like to improve your ability as a goaltender. They are skating, agility, shooting, the use of your hand and stick, and the skates. Skating is important to a goaltender. We must be able to skate as well as our forwards and defensemen. A goaltender is required at times to move quickly out of a goal area. In clearing the puck, and must be fast and sure on the skates to get back into position. Many hours of hard skating doing stops and starts, skating forwards and backwards, making sharp turns at different speeds will help to improve this part of your game. All this practice should be agility in moving from post to post to cover shots. To be able to regain his feet quickly after falling down is very necessary. Some of the exercises to improve yourself are dropping 20 pucks on the right circle and 20 on the left circle. Then having two players shoot the pucks alternately at the net. These shots should be taken in rapid fire. This forces a goalie to move from one side of the net to the other side quickly. This helps to sharpen your reflexes and also keeps you on your feet in making these stops. I also suggest you do 25 sit-ups, 25 knee bends, 25 push-ups. In addition, do a lot of running, swimming, and skipping. These are a great help in developing your legs and your wind. Keeping yourself in top playing condition is important. A goalie should give considerable time to developing a good shot. This is often overlooked, but certainly is very important. Often a goaltender can start a breakaway by quickly shooting the puck to the open teammate. If this opportunity does not arise, the only alternative for a goalie is to clear the puck to the corner or behind the net. I would suggest you practice shooting against the boards every day until you develop a hard shot. By doing this exercise it helps you to develop strong hands and wrists so that you can maneuver your stick quickly and efficiently. A goaltender must be skillful in the use of his hands. They are the goalie's best weapon. With them he can cover the most territory in the shortest period of time. Therefore he should do every efficiency with which he uses them. A good way to develop the catching hand is playing baseball. This is one method I find very helpful. After a team practice, I have one of my teammates with a good hard shot take 30 to 40 shots at me using my catching hand only. Then have a player take shots on my stick hand to deflect shots in the corner by maneuvering my stick. By doing this, it avoids rebounds in front of the net. The use of your stick is a very important one. This is a quality that is usually overlooked by the young goalie. Your stick is used in clearing the puck, blocking shots, poke checking, and shooting. I use my stick often to poke check and sweep check. In using both of these, I find I have an advantage on other goalies. The only time you can use a poke is skating in on your stick's side reach. You dive forward, the blade of your stick flat on the ice, and poke the puck from his stick. In doing this, you have taken the puck off his stick and the player out of shooting position. The sweep check works on the opposite side. In other words, the opponent must be coming in on my left side, cutting in towards the center of the net. I move out on my left foot, going down on my right knee, sweeping my stick out to hook the puck off the stick in one movement. When doing this, the stick must be turned flat on the ice. Both of these plays require split-second timing. Now I would like to mention here that one of the most vital requirements of a goalie is keen eyesight. At all times, a goalie must keep his eye on the puck. Never should a goalie lose sight of the puck, although at times I know this does happen, and it usually occurs during the spread. However, the harder you work at following the puck, the fewer times you will lose it. There are times when a goalie can use the skates to block a shot, particularly a shot on the ice. I right wing and shoots a hard shot along the ice at the far corner of the net that I cannot stop with my stick. I have to stop it by deflecting it with the blade of my right skate. A lot of diligent practice of this maneuver is necessary to achieve good timing. To know how to play an angle shot makes your job a lot easier. My defenseman must force the puck carrier to go to the outside. Then I skate out past the edge of my goal crease. By doing this, his target area would become smaller and therefore more difficult to score. Remember, while doing this, you must try and keep your pads closed. Also, keep your body as close to the goalpost as possible so the player does not pick the short side. In mentioning the penalty shot, I can only stress one vital point. Let the player skating in on you make the first move. Take up a position about a foot out in the center of the goal crease and keep your eye on the puck, not the body. Many goals are scored from rebounds during pressure plays around the goal to control the rebound as much as possible. Use your hands either to catch a puck or to trap it against your body or pads. Anytime there seems to be danger of a rebound being plucked but smother it. Another point to remember on rebounds is to stand up as you have a better chance of getting the second shot. Screen shots are very difficult for a goaltender to handle. I feel the best way to handle this shot is to crouch low, moving from side to side and trying to find the puck by looking between the player's legs. Failing this, a goalie relies on his defenseman to block the shot. A bouncing puck, a goaltender's nightmare. Great care should be taken with such shots, as the puck usually is twisting in the air, and it is quite possible that it will change direction in an unexpected hop. The way to play the shot is to try and reach it before it bounces, and if this is not possible, then move as close to the puck as you can, trying to keep your body in front of the puck. By now you know goaltending is a tough job. This is where courage, desire, and confidence comes in. Remember these points. Always keep your eye on the puck, stay on your feet, clear the puck quickly, and never be discouraged. And may I add, a little luck would be appreciated.
6: Thanks, Johnny. And now Tim Horton, probably the strongest player in the league. Last year he was on the first all-star team and runner-up for the Norris Trophy. Tim will give you young defensemen some tips.
8: As a forward spends his time thinking about new ways to score goals, a defenseman must find new plays to prevent him from scoring. A defenseman has many duties to perform. But to begin with, we will break it down into two of the most important. Firstly, we must check the other team's players whenever they have the puck. And secondly, when we get the puck, clear it out of our own end of the rink, either by carrying it out ourselves or passing ahead to a teammate. If we carry out these two rules as best we can, then the following personal tips on checking, shooting, passing, blocking shots, working with your defense partner, and positional play will fall in line. As checking is our number one job while we're on the ice, let's talk about it first. Most of our checking will be done around the rink and in front of our net. When checking an opponent, look him in the eye. Don't look for the puck. The way that some forward stick handle They seem to make the puck disappear before your eyes. But if you play the man and not the puck, you're checking...